With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean, and I just took a peek up at the camera. Uh, Chris, were you looking at the camera too? Uh, when I said welcome to Watching the Throne, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I like to think the camera's you, Travis, and I'm just looking into your eyes. Uh, your, that's funny because your my eye. eye. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so funny you say that I look at it, and I feel like I'm staring at the eye that's in like 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I think this thing's going to turn at me soon. <laughs> it just starts glowing red, <laughs> the lights on either side of it. <laughs> oh, man, I want to talk about Kanye. I can't do that, Travis. <laughs> uh camera let me record <laughs> sorry travis sorry kanye's canceled <gasps> how dare you logitech <laughs> that's the robot though yeah i'm not saying that yeah yeah of course of course yeah that's not you that's what not you, a robot but... no <laughs> in fact kanye is kind of the opposite right now as like hype for a kanye project <laughs> has not been this high in a long time which is why we're here not talking about Hassan and just talking about Kanye. We, there's enough Kanye material happening that we could just talk about Kanye. Yeah, and people are looking for Adanda updates, I think. Uh, we are, I guess, almost a week out from, it's Wednesday, currently the 28th. So mm -hmm. the 22nd was the listening party, and we thought we were going to go from listening party to album release, and that didn't happen, of course. I don't know why any of us thought the Kanye album would drop on time. Yeah. You know, and I mean, on time, it was already delayed a year. <laughs> so you're like, oh, he has to have it ready now. And then no, but uh, we have had like a lot going on in the last week, just in terms of Kanye updates and his new age marketing machine of low key performance arts. <laughs> continues in the form of him inhabiting mercedes-benz stadium which just has to be one of the my favorite pr stunts i don't even know if it's a pr stunt i don't think that's Kanye what i was gonna say up. you're calling yeah. it marketing and he's just like he's just not doing anything yeah he's just like i don't think he woke up and he's like oh you know if we stay in the stadium people are gonna think it's hilarious <laughs> and that's gonna be the marketing for this album I just think he wanted to stay in the stadium because he felt inspired, the creative space. It was beautiful. Like When we were in there, the initial walk into the stadium with the open roof, just the sense of epic scale of how high the, the roof goes, and that Kanye had those smoke machines just yeah. wafting this smoke that was catching the lights. It was really cool. I get why I'd want to 
stay there, but they're also just staying in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Which has no windows. It feels very boot campy, like college, like the worst of a college dorm. Uh, it's just funny. The, the zone that he's in that balances that line from just creative like madness versus very self-aware marketing. <laughs> yeah. I, I have two things to say about this. One, I have a question during that entire speech. Were you looking at the camera, Chris? Uh, I did glance at it every now and then. Every once in a while you'd look up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I like to, I, I have a picture of you in my mind when I, whenever I speak to you and I want to make sure I have the right, the right image of you. So you're trying to look at me. Okay, good. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And B, I, I made a video about this this morning called why, why Kanye's Donda rollout rollout is beautiful and meaningful. And I, I, I'm totally vibing with a lot of what you're saying. And there's, while yes, there's like some sort of like viral low key marketing happening with him just like staying in the stadium like it's kind of hilarious like him showing up at soccer games and shit <laughs> um but there's also something like i just you know what I, I maybe i'm just on the fringe as far as kanye fans go like i love all of this K- kanye rollout album rollouts are always a mess and i kind of love it because he's keeping us in step with him the entire way which is such a rarity when it comes to art, like any form of art, like we're not there, like while people are putting things together and processing. Um, and I think it's so beautiful that Kanye's doing this. Uh, people can be annoyed, I guess, that, like, you know, they flew out to Atlanta and got a hotel room and <laughs> waited two hours for Kanye to show up and play his album. And then he didn't even release it. Like, yeah, you can get annoyed about that. Uh, I, I didn't. And I did all those things because I, I feel like that's just part of Kanye's artistic process. And what we're seeing from him, like him retreating to Atlanta, you know, where his mother had him. There's something very symbolic about this entire rollout and how he's not leaving the stadium until he gets it done. There, it feels like it's going to be a very cathartic experience for him. And I'm okay with just letting it happen, like however long it takes him, however many listening parties he needs. <laughs> like that that's awesome to me. Like I think he's going to give it as long as he needs to to, to make it perfect. Yeah, and they're still like as of today, the the video that I just made was like a new Playboy Cardi verse Donda update. So Malik Youssef mm-hmm. is a longtime Kanye collaborator. Like I think going back to the beginning, Chicago poets, um and that Kanye has worked with and won Grammys with. Malik has been a, a longtime contributor, but they had a falling out at the end of 2018, and we made some videos on it because it was kind of shocking. Like they there was a sunglasses company that was saying that they were going to partner with Kanye West and Kanye was putting out a song uh, for this sunglasses company and like all this stuff. And it turned out it was something that Malik Youssef had set up using a stamp signature that he had of Kanye's just because Malik was close enough with Kanye to make deals in some capacity or at least had access to this signatory stamp. Mm-hmm. And I put some of these things together without actually consulting Kanye. So this sunglasses company like puts out this campaign. And then I think Kim even had to comment on it and was like, no, <laughs> Kanye has nothing to do with this. And there was one other thing where Car- Kanye was going to partner with like a designer for a shirt for some uh, festival. And then that turned out it was another Malik Youssef thing. And then Malik and Kanye just kind of 
cut ties for a little bit. So Malik was not involved with, I don't think, Yandi or Jesus is King. But with Donda has come back into the fold and you just continue to get updates. Like Malik Youssef was live on Instagram uh, from the stadium and saying like Playboy Cardi's in the other room right now, like recording. And she's like, okay, so there's still like actively, it's not just mixing and mastering, which is what we heard was going on Thursday and Friday of last week, but they're just continuing to actively work on this album. And we don't know what they're adding, what they're taking away. You know, is Cardi recording? He was on two songs rumored to be on the album, Off the Grid and Pure Souls. And we saw a snippet of Pure Souls uh, posted to Instagram. Who was it? Was it Malik Youssef or Digital Nas? It was someone. But you have Kanye like mask on, just kind of vibing out. His back is to the camera. He's swaying his arms. He's singing. You see some people in the room throwing their hands up. It's a really good clip. Um, if you want to find that, that's just pure souls, Kanye snippet, photos of Kanye and Donda's place actually reposted snippets of it today uh, as well. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the 28th, but yeah, what's going on in there? You know, <laughs> yeah, like how far along are they? How far along aren't they? Yeah, uh, I, a, I love how you can't even mention Malik's name without then going into the history between Malik and Kanye. Like, it did none of that even matter to the story. You just wanted to, to flaunt your deep Kanye knowledge, which I love. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> B, uh, I think this is an awesome part of the rollout is that, you know, everyone keeps getting mad at Kanye because, like, oh, he's not releasing that, like, on the day he said he would. He did this and that and this. Like, Kanye's not doing anything <laughs> like everyone around Kanye is posting stuff and it's like and you know Kanye probably has some level of control over that I'm not like outing him completely but I, right. I, I think that some level that that's a great marketing technique that it's not Kanye doing any of these things it's all these people around him getting hyped like offering details but there's still like an air of mystery around Kanye himself like he still hasn't even spoken <laughs> like he didn't speak during the listening party or anything he just walked around like he's he's got a much different energy than I think he's ever channeled before yeah like mask yay season which yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> what we should be calling this I guess it's just like Donda era Kanye I don't know mask era yay I don't know what we want to call this era, but we first saw him put on the mask in December. Uh, he was photographed, I think it was in Belgium, wearing mm -hmm. the mask or some photo shoot wearing the mask. And people are just like, huh, what's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> why is that? Maybe it's just for the fashion shoot. And then you next see photos of him in January and it's the same thing. Of course, we have seen photos of him with the mask off. We have seen things of him like talking to people that was just kind of captured uh, behind the scenes. But I think for the most part, in terms of like things that Kanye has put out there and he's done his best, I mean, he can't go full minister's black veil and wear this mask 24 seven. We've even seen like footage of him in Mercedes Benz stadium where he hasn't always had the mask on. But I think for the most part, yeah, this has been like a crucial part of the outward display to the public is him wearing this mask and whatever it symbolizes to him. We have that video, why Kanye's wearing the mask. And I forget who, it, I don't think it was Boo. It was somebody else that was close to Kanye that was just like, it's awesome. Like, it looks cool. That's why he's yeah. wearing it. It's as simple as that. But you have to wonder if that's like, if that's it. Is there going to be something on the album where there's just some line like, that's why I wear the mask? Or 
is he ever going to do an interview where he talks about it? Maybe come on this podcast. I mean, yeah. And explain. Maybe <laughs> so we can stop theorizing, which on that subject, I, I feel like a big reason for the mask, and maybe this will be enlightened upon on the album, is just the, and I think we've talked about it before, but the it's the ultimate stripping away of the ego. Like you remove your face. Like you're not Kanye. You're just like this figure of a man. And we know it's Kanye, but like, you're on a new path like you're redefining yourself you're you're faceless in that way which i think is yep. cool and i think and i think that especially worked at the atlanta listening party because the mask he's wearing is just like it's so tight around his face that he literally looks like a figurine so it's this kanye figurine in this like red outfit by the way maybe we should make that toy and sell it but like <laughs> like that's so cool that like it is kanye we can see him but like he's also this person who's who's remolding himself and becoming a new it's I don't know. That's the vibe I get anyway. And you could see that probably playing out on the album where he talks about losing his family and he's thinking about the lessons his mom taught him and he's on this new path and redefining himself. Like you could see all of that playing into each other. Oh, wasn't it jail that he talks about? Like, this is the new me. Like, right. He has lines specifically about like a new him. Like yeah. he is in Jay's phase there. of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it does seem like that could be very much a motif of the album. Uh, and one of the things, uh, Fantano just did a video, good old melon head needle drop man himself, <laughs> uh, where he said he wasn't going to listen to the, the listening party version of Donda because he wanted to wait for the album and didn't want that to color how he felt about the album. But that with the album being delayed, he just had to at least give it some kind of listen and overview and he actually was pretty positive about the potential for the album he said of course you have to take it in stride that it's unfinished that the mix is going to be great especially since it was being mixed for a stadium <laughs> experience right. and all of this stuff and of course there are some things that aren't perfect you hope that there's more Kanye in the final album but that production wise <laughs> with a lot of the approach yada yada but one of his big points was that he really felt like is Kanye finally getting closure or at least exploring in more detail everything that went on with his mom because that's something that people have been bringing up for years in articles uh, fans have talked about it this theory that Kanye maybe never necessarily processed his grief over his mom in an artistic way that he needed to. Um, right. A lot of us don't know Kanye. I mean, most of us, all of us don't know Kanye the person. We don't know what his journey has been with grief. Um, I know, like personally, I lost my dad when I was 20 and my mom when I was 25. And it's been strange. It's not like it hasn't been a dramatic process for me where it was like, depression and it's like falling right. apart and then I climbed back out and now I'm good it's just one of those things that just kind of day by day often just talking to yourself maybe talking to some other people at times when you need to it's not often a dramatic thing to process grief it can be a very slow and personal dynamic so just because Kanye hasn't necessarily made an album about his mom prior to this or had like a big cathartic song that's the sequel to Hey Mama, but is all grief stricken. I don't know how much of that we need to see 
to be like, oh, Kanye has clearly now has closure and processed things. But there have been people close to him. There have been people that have had working relationships with him that have posited that they're not sure how much Kanye has really dealt with what happened with his mom. Um, yeah. And that this album might be in a lot of ways, finally that public facing closure that he's needed that fans have kind of hoped for, for him and been waiting for and how meaningful this album could be in terms of his discography and just, personally to him which i mean that's something that we had talked about in the past that with following jesus as king where could kanye go because each album is so personal to that time period mm -hmm. had enough happened in his life following jesus as king for the next album was it going to be the presidential election was it going to be just continuing on the the religious front was it going to be mental health and him turning to his past with his mom uh, looking at everything with Kim and his family where he's at now it does feel like there's probably a lot swirling around that this album makes sense for right now with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah, that's making a lot of sense. You pointing out, or I guess others pointing out that maybe he never properly processed the fact that his mom was gone and going through that grief. It, I mean, it's it's strange to think of it that way because he's an artist and you would think that's how he deals with it through his art. Um, like something like 808s and Heartbreak, which we noted on the, the show now several times. <laughs> we're at the very end of the album. We're on Coldest Winter and he has not talked about his mom once. And even on Coldest Winter, like which is a song he has acknowledged is about his mom, like, it's still you could still fit it into like the storyline of him breaking up with this woman like it's still not like directly about his mom so like even while though... go ahead. sorry no go i ahead. was just gonna say even during the music video it's a young woman in a white dress right so like the the visuals in support of the song even though kanye has said that coldest winters like dedicated to his mom about his mom the visuals for the song support the Right. ending of the relationship with Alexis Pfeiffer, like the loss of his fiance, the loss of the engagement. Yeah. Right. So like, so yeah, you could even look at that. Like there's got to be some therapeutic power to while, yes, you're an artist and you can deal with everything you're going through emotionally in that way, speaking directly about your mom, like that's a huge step forward. And I don't think we've had a song directly about his mom since Hey Mama. Like there's, there hasn't been a single moment where Kanye has like stepped out and like, like an entire song or album or like movement on an album is dedicated to her. You could just see like, you could see the lesson she's taught him throughout his albums. Like you, she's, she's always there, but there must be some sort of therapeutic power to releasing an album called Donda and to have your mom's voice throughout the album and to direct and to put those lessons she's taught you in the context of whatever story you're building. And we know that story involves him losing his family and reconnecting with God. Like 
he's confronting all of these things that maybe he hasn't been directly confronting for a long time. It, that's what I think the last few albums are, have been really good at. Because, um, you know, albums like 808s and Heartbreak, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Jesus, like they're defamiliarized to a level to where like it is Kanye on the album as like he's the character on each of the, those album narratives. But like he's also kind of a faceless character in a way. Like you could put any person in that position and you're more like looking at it as a story or like a movie or something. But like, yay, Kitsy Ghost, Jesus is King. Like these are all such deeply personal things to Kanye. And it seems like he's really commenting on himself and his relationship with his family, with God, and now his relationship with Donda. There's something I agree that like to some extent he probably hasn't properly dealt with the passing of his mom and like this is his chance to do it like he's finally releasing these albums where he's way more open and vulnerable like on an open level he's laying himself bare yeah this is gonna sidetrack us just a little bit but maybe not but maybe a little bit but you mentioning the idea of the defamiliarized kanye versus the much more personal trend we've kind of been on Mm -hmm. with the last few albums I think is a point that needs or deserves a little further elaboration. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I just, I heard my, my wife saying something. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you do look at something, how personal and how like grounded in Kanye's life, uh, college dropout and late registration are with graduation kind of being the first one where we're seeing more of the dramatized lifestyle coming in when you get to that mm-hmm. middle act where the ego takes over from good life to flashing lights, uh, where you're just seeing this escalation of look how sweet I am, look how sweet my life is. And yeah, maybe I'm becoming an asshole, but look how awesome <laughs> my life is before he has the fallouts of that um, with uh, what you call it homecoming and big brother. Where mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, yeah, you can be successful, but there's some costs to this. And your behavior is actually alienating the people closest to you. And then when you get to 808s, also like personal in some ways, but Kanye himself has talked about how a song like Bad News is from the perspective of a woman who's having to deal with like being cheated on or feeling left behind and it just feels like he is in some ways still looking at the artifice of life and starting to create the shell of that artifice. I'm thinking of amazing specifically Mm -hmm. as well, where you just see how bored he is in some ways with his celebrity, but still trying to perform and be the character he knows that people want him to be. And that idea of character versus person is such a crucial part to Pinocchio's story and where that album goes, you really start to see this fairy tale, like dark fairy tale of the celebrity versus the man. And that Kanye is falling into the fantasy and the celebrity and that he's losing himself. And you get that run of albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, The Life of Pablo, where Kanye kind of is constantly being someone that isn't him. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it's grounded as a fantasy. And you're seeing from all of the lights through Lost in the World, this exaggerated 
like background for Kanye, like all of the lights is not Kanye's backstory, but right. it's how he chooses to kind of recap his life leading into monster and so appalled and how audacious and outrageous his lifestyle is leading into the lack of an ability to have love and maintain love on devil in a new dress and run away and hell of a life and blame game. And then Jesus, he's literally playing a Yeezus character with a mask on his face. Right. And then the life of Pablo, he's positioning himself as this Pablo character before having the redemption that he does on that album and coming back to just being yay. Right. Kanye, like I am coming back to me. And now we see these string of albums that are very personal as he's rediscovering himself as he quite literally states on kids. See ghost is reborn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and almost like the light of God coming back onto him is like him being able to reveal to himself again, stepping out of the darkness, like, oh, this is who I am. So you have, yay, kids see ghosts, Jesus is king, that are all very personal and reflective and getting back to, like, not Kanye the character, but Kanye. So Donda feels very important as a next step in that. And I feel like we've talked before about how Kanye has minimal when he's experimenting he tends to go minimal and then he has a maximal follow-up so college dropouts a very large album but in some ways it feels like a practice run for what he would do on late registration right and then graduation he kind of even blows up a little further with every like his sound and how he's building out his sound then 808s is way more experimental way smaller minimal and then he comes back with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and just explodes in this artistic way that wow like unlike right. any of his first three albums but it pays off on some of the things he was doing on 808s and heartbreak yeezus is relatively more minimal and then the life of pablo is much larger and it just seems like kanye with the last few albums was really experimenting with getting back to that personal sound that personal space and who he was and now this is going to be the album like the first actual full album of kanye being kanye again but he just needed yay kids see ghost jesus is king to kind of figure out what who that is what that is what's that sound like yeah yeah it's funny the different ways like you and i are coming at kanye than i think most people would and and i'm not saying that in some like not trying to up myself and say like, I understand Kanye better, but we always, I can't help it. Like I've loved art my whole life and I, and I've always been inspired by artists. So when I look at Kanye, I, I see an artist. Like I, I mean, I see a man and I, and we could judge him for anything he does, but like he's somebody who in this moment making Donda, like he's making a piece of art and he's trying to make it the best he can. And everything we're talking about, like, how his albums have become so much more personal. It, the the things we typically attach to music, like release dates, and just like it, any structure or rules we try to put around them, doesn't matter to Kanye. Like he is just trying to create an album. He is just he's in the space where he's making stuff that's really personal, and he doesn't care if people hate <laughs> it like they do. That it's not my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like where where are the sonic gymnastics he used to perform? Like he doesn't care. He's just burying his soul to us and he's going to take however long he wants to do it. Like, again, like I, I don't think 
he should care. I don't think he owes fans anything. Like he can take as long as he wants of something and and get as frustrated as you want with it because release dates are you know there's another release date attached to it or whatever. But I just uh, I can't I personally can't get to that level. Like I just see the artist and a man trying to relay his art to people and and to me this all kind of makes sense when I think of it that way. Yeah, I, it does start to transcend because we do get so used to the the industry. Right. Right. And what the structures of the industry are, what the expectations of the industry are, like you do your marketing, you do your promotion in the traditional way you release a single, like you do the album rollout, you drop when you say you're going to drop. And that can be very nice Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways because you just know what you're getting, you know what to expect. But I think that's the thing that we admire Kanye for is that he transcends that. And that's why his work is so special is because he doesn't just go by what the industry tells him he should be doing and staying within the expectations of that lane and it can be frustrating in ways as well when there are these huge delays and you have no idea what's going on but i think it's what genuinely makes him and this is going to sound pretentious but like a true (laughs) artist as opposed to just like a product I completely agree with you. It's funny because I've had friends who were like in bands and stuff who hate him for all of the reasons you just said, because I think as like you progress and you're trying to get noticed and you're trying to, you know, make a living as a band, you see somebody like Kanye doing what he's doing and say like, that's not fair. Like there are rules to this. Like you should have a release dates. Like you shouldn't like pussyfoot around stuff. You shouldn't tease people like, just give us music. Um, but you're totally right in that, like what he's doing to me feels like the most pure form of art. Like it, it feels like my cousin who actually is a huge Kanye fan and probably loves all this shit that Kanye's doing. He has a SoundCloud account. Like he just works on stuff and then releases it when it's ready. Like that's kind of what Kanye is doing. It doesn't matter how big Kanye is. Like the bigger he is, doesn't mean he needs to more adhere to the rules and serve as a model. Like, he's Kanye West he says fuck the rules and he's doing it the way he wants to do it he's going to release it when he's ready and it's not going to be I mean he just doesn't answer anyone like that's the coolest part of Kanye is like he's just creating the album he wants to create with no pressure from anybody else when you think back to the life of Pablo and Kanye was literally just dropping songs on SoundCloud (laughs) before the album like Like, dropping no more parties on LA on SoundCloud yeah, right. He's just like, well, this is how I'll release this. You're like, okay, what? Wow. Okay. Yeah, not like an official single, not something that's going out to radio, not something that's premiering on Apple Music. So, yeah, he is a he is a wild man. I love it. It's it's the best. <laughs> it's the best person to be a fan of. Like everyone, so many people probably feel the opposite because they do want it, the music when it's promised. But like, I love this kind of chaos. And uh, you know, you gotta ask yourself. Would you rather Kanye Kanye or would you rather Kendrick Kendrick? Uh. <laughs> you know, do you want just long periods of no, like just complete silence between like amazing projects? Like Kendrick is my second favorite. Yeah. Like musical artist. I love, I love damn. I love to pimp a butterfly. I love, um, good kid, mad city. I don't like untitled unmastered. Don't like it. <laughs> that doesn't count. All. Yeah. So many people count it 
and I just get mad. I'm like, it's not an official release. What anyway, about Section 80? I Section 80 is okay to me. It's okay. It, yeah. <laughs> like, it definitely has, like, highlights, but I don't yeah. go... I feel like it's Kendrick still figuring things out before, uh, like, yeah. good, good Kid Mad City's just already put it all together. I agree, yeah. But we're now, what, four years removed from the Kendrick project, and he's yeah. just a ninja. Like, the man is completely that's, silent. That's a trend, too, because, like, Frank Ocean does that. Childish Gambino does that. Like, that is definitely an approach a lot of people have. And to an extent, like, Kanye's kind of doing that now, but he's smart to, like, let these little details leak out about his projects. When, yeah, like, I think that's the thing. We did have, what, like, a four-month period where we're barely seeing Kanye do anything. Yeah. But it's just we get the the Kanye storm in full force eventually. Like when chaos season uh, comes back around, which it always does, it's just a mighty, impressive beast. <laughs> mm. So I, I really enjoy how chaotic these things can be. And as you said in the, the video and on this episode, just there is something beautiful about being part of the process. Totally. And it's messy. It can be frustrating. But to see like these snippets of Kanye behind the scenes to like know he's in that stadium right now working on the album is kind of cool and memorable like you think back to the life of pablo and the notepad where kanye's just writing the track list yeah. tweeting the picture and then you start seeing the the signatures on the page and just how full the page gets with the signatures there was something really cool about that there was something really fun in the aftermath of yeezy season three and the the debut of life of pablo and following Mike Dean's every like tweet and Periscope <laughs> and yeah. just being like, oh, is he going to play the new music? What is he working on? Can we get like a peek of the computer? You're just kind of swept up in everything in a way that you don't necessarily get to be when another artist is releasing. Like Tyler, the creator's release was great. It was nice to have somebody that just here's the first <laughs> teaser. The album's in two weeks. You get like songs, you get videos, and look how well put together this is. But there is something really like it, it comes and goes. Yeah. Where there's something really, I think, much more enthralling and fulfilling about the frustrations that Kanye has. And maybe that's just because we're so into it on West Sub Ever and Twitter and like our YouTube comments. Like we're such a part of like a Kanye community that this kind of madness is more fun, but I don't know. I just think it's it's next level enjoyable and something you can look back on for years and be like, totally, how great. <laughs> like you describing Tyler's rollout, like that is something. Like what we're seeing Kanye do now is what Tyler did behind the scenes. Like him piecing everything together, making sure it all fits. Like typical a and r stuff like testing out video like does this look good like a lot of voices like that all of that the fact that connie is doing this out in the open like this is legendary shit like this is why we stand kanye because he is like that is so bold and fearless to do an album listening party to break the apple record and have more people watching a live stream than anybody else ever has have millions of people tune into something that like you're not even sure is ready. <laughs> like you just want to, <laughs> you just want to play it for people. And he didn't release it. Like maybe that was his plan all along. Like, I don't know. We don't know what happened to that show, but like 
Maybe that's all he wanted to do is maybe he just wants to keep having these listening parties and having people tune in and like he wants to get it to the right spot. That's incredible. Like somebody on Kanye's level does not need to do something like that yet. He is. We should. I think we should cherish it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not going to have moments like this come around much more often. I don't think. Um. And then one of the things that I wanted to highlight, I know people, most people have just heard things from the Atlanta listening party, right? Either you listen to the live stream or you've caught snippets in the aftermath um, or you were there and you kind of listened because the music Mm -hmm. was so loud. Uh, But I'm sure everybody (laughs) that was there has gone back and listened to the live stream. Uh, One of the, there was a snippet that came out of the Las Vegas party and Life of the Party, I believe, was the song in question, Uh, just mostly because at points in the song, Kanye talks about like Donda being the life of the party. Um, But maybe it's not uh, the same thing. But that song really featured like Kanye rapping, like Mm -hmm. rapping, rapping, rapping an extended verse. It was two minutes and 20 seconds because the clip was posted to Twitter by Bonguchi, who was at the Las Vegas party. And you just get like Kanye rapping, which is something we didn't really hear a lot of in the Atlanta right. stream, like uh, the Atlanta listening party. You got it a little bit on jail, of course, and like South Carolina. Yeah, there are a few times. Yeah, Junya, Remote. But once you start getting into like the middle portion of the album, it was pretty much just all the features. Very like little bit. ambient and a lot of features, yeah. Yeah, with very little Kanye. So it is exciting to still think that there are a lot of aspects of this album, that there's the entire Las Vegas version of the album that has (laughs) these like rapping Kanye, great bars, great verses, songs that could still be put on the album. And man, I'm just so excited. Like August 6th or 5th can't come soon enough because that's the other big thing. There's another listening party. It seems scheduled. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to talk about that? Like, is that happening? I mean, so, okay. There was, if you haven't seen the video of this on our YouTube channel, there was this uh, woman who two weeks ago was saying that her other, other job told her, like keeps asking her to come in and work some big events where a rapper was going to have a pop-up listening party. It was the first we heard of somebody doing this big show and there was just still like rapper listening party. And then shortly after that, the Atlanta like placeholder uh, events came up on Ticketmaster, wherever it was. And then I believe she was, or like someone else in Atlanta area, or maybe she commented saying that Kanye was the person that it was going to be. And then sure enough, the next day, Kanye is the person that it's going to be. And there's this uh, sneaker group <laughs> in Atlanta that's the largest group in the Southeast for shoes. And they talked about, I want to get the, the name right here, ATATF, which I don't know if they have a better name, but I'm just saying is ATATF. They uh, shared some photos saying like this is the schedule for people that work at mercedes-benz stadium and they have people in the group that work at mercedes-benz stadium they had tickets to the first listening party that were like excess tickets it seems like they 
have connections or in the know, or at least are a community that at least knows a little bit more from just being so large and in that arena, so to speak. Um, so they shared an initial photo of the listing for MBS employees to work this second live event for Kanye on August 5th. And then I made an initial video about it and KO from ATATF uh, DM'd me another screenshot that was just like, you know, here's further like proof that this is a thing mm-hmm. that's happening. Uh, they also had another person in their group. that's like, I work there. This is happening. And even the girl that initially reported it saying she worked there and there's this rap thing going on. She was saying like, oh, Kanye's having another show. So I would assume at this point, like in all the ways that we can assume that Kanye's going to do something, <laughs> that this is a thing that is now happening on August 5th, uh, a second Mercedes-Benz Stadium Donda listening party. All right. So it's happening for Kanye, but is it happening for us? Yeah. Could you imagine Kanye just has all the staff show up and then is like, yeah, it's just me. Like, didn't want to have the crowd this time, but yeah, wanted to but make I, sure. I guess I mean specifically, like, are you and I going to go? Oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was cool to do it the first time, and I'll definitely watch the live stream, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, doing it a second time, that, it took a lot out of me to make that trip. Yeah, I mean, Part of it was that we had like two days notice, right? Yeah, right. We like booked the tickets and we're like, are we doing this? And then 48 hours later, we're in (laughs) Atlanta. And then 24 hours later, we're back home. It was like, I still feel like I'm a little behind the eight ball in terms of like catching up on things. But um, yeah, I don't know. It would be cool to go to, but also just like doubling the expenses going back like yeah 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 so you can expect a reaction from us but maybe not a live in atlanta reaction (laughs) yeah we might do like a live stream of the live stream that's a good idea like we're just kind of like chilling talking like this talking with y'all while like watching the live stream though i could also see us wanting to just like watch the live stream (laughs) hmm well, can always just rewatch the live stream, which we did that night we were in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, we could also do like a preview, like let's hang out until the live stream starts because Ooh. we know he's not going to start on time. Which we did in Atlanta. It was fun. Yeah. Right. And then once that's done, once the live stream's done, we just like go back live again and start doing our initial reactions, talking with people. Mm. A little peek behind the curtain for all the listeners out there. Yeah, you know, we're doing we're we're pulling a Kanye. We're just <laughs> yeah, you're you're seeing the artistic process. Yeah, so we'll see what we end up doing for next Thursday. But I mean, I'm I can't wait. You know, I'm pumped. Yeah, I I love this. I I I love that so many people are so pissed at Kanye, and like I am literally the exact opposite. Like I really love it. <laughs> and again, I should be more pissed than anybody. I flew to Atlanta like we both flew we paid money like like you said like completely disrupted our sleeping schedule yet like I think it's awesome like I love that I was a part of that and that there's still going to be more like that's so awesome <laughs> yeah I, I like that 
I mean, as much as I would have liked having the album and being in the next phase, it's still fun to be part of all of this. Yeah. Um, I do like, it was cool too. We noted in the, the initial follow-up video that it was just like nice to see that like Kim North, I think Psalm was there too. Uh, Chloe Kardashian was there just that there was still like connection, right? right? Like divorce is often messy. It can often alienate, like break families apart, like cause problems, but it really does seem like Kim and Kanye are handling things very well. Um, I just saw somebody post on uh, Instagram or on Twitter that Khloe Kardashian commented on Kanye's uh, bedroom in Mercedes-Benz Stadium photo. Oh, really? So even though Kanye unfollowed all of the Kardashians, uh. Khloe's still following <laughs> Kanye comments. She just posted like crying emoji faces. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see harmony, you know, mm. but in terms of like so many people being pissed at Kanye, I, I like it's just cool to me that so many people are excited about Kanye again. Yeah. Like coming out of 2018 and then again in 2020, Kanye was such a lightning rod. He was so hated. There was such negativity. <laughs> but I think the thing that we keep coming back to, especially I know people will ask us in our personal lives, just like, how could you defend Kanye, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they do say it on social media as well. But it's just like, he hasn't done anything. He's had some like stances that are sure. disagreeable. He's had some- So is my like, dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. not going to cancel my dad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, you can definitely like, be upset about who he keeps company with like i'm not happy about the right. idea of chris brown being on the album like yeah. i'm not necessarily thrilled that kanye continues to hang out with bari like i was pretty nervous about like bill cosby's like getting freed from prison on a technicality Oof. and yeah like what response that could entail <laughs> um so I definitely think there are things to be like upset about, disappointed about, like frustrated about. I get why people might not like him, but at the same time, he hasn't done necessarily anything to anyone. He hasn't like pulled a Chris Brown. He hasn't like been Bill Cosby. Like I see people compare him to R. Kelly, and it's just like, what? How can you even put Kanye in the same like That's conversation wild. of problematic? as R. Kelly. Are you kidding me? So I think that's the thing that why in 2021, like people are just like, yeah, Kanye's in the football stadium, high five, like the soccer stadium, high fives. <laughs> like we can be excited about this Kanye album. Cause as mad as people were at Kanye in 2018 and 2020, at the end of the day, like <laughs> it's disagreeable stances on politics and some cultural issues which I still think can be a reason why you don't like him, but again, not R. Kelly. So it is nice just to see people like excited about Kanye again and excited about a Kanye rollout and it just being fun to be a Kanye fan for the first time in a few years. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's a wild ride and I mean the longer he doesn't put out the album, like the more we just get to keep doing episodes like this and talking about it. So you know what, Kanye? Like take as long as you want. We're just gonna be here waiting. Yeah, we'll have fun. It's it's Yeezy season until until then, and very much chaos season. You know, Ooh, Yeezy yeah. season is chaos season. So, 
Uh, anything else on Donda? No, I uh, I just can't wait. Yep, we'll see what the album cover is going to be too. Oh yeah, mm. that's that'll probably change. Right? Like, is it going to be the Louise Bourgeois? I don't know how you say her name. Like, red painted French artsy lady. Yeah. Or is it going to be the child picture of his mom that's been so prominent? They're putting posters of that up all over the world. Like various cities have had huge Donda posters with that picture right. on it. So is that now the album cover? Hmm. We're going to find out. We will. We will. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at the camera as I say that. <laughs> well, you creepily whisper, we will, we will chaos. I did mouth chaos earlier. You said something about it being like a messy rollout. I just looked at the camera. I was like, chaos. Oh God. But, how creepy. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knew I mouthed chaos, so I wanted to clarify, but then forgot. And now, well, if someone does find it, comment and find a timestamp for us. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like that's the moment Chris went full exorcist, and then we can make it like a GIF. (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! I've never (laughs) thought. Oh no! Hey, look, I'm not going to do it, but if any of our listeners or viewers want to do that, like more power to you, (sighs) Travis. What have you done? <laughs> I'm going to be a gif. This is your no. own fault. Yeah. No. It's what, it's what you <laughs> sign up for when you put yourself in front of a camera, you know? Yeah, right. All right. Well, then, we have our coldest winter episode that we're going to record tomorrow. It'll drop this week. And then uh, we should finish up 808s and Heartbreak if you're following the podcast itself. And, of course, podcast episodes are now heading to YouTube. So if you're enjoying this dynamic, you can see uh, our whole analysis of Kanye's songs. Uh, and as we will get into Donda when it finally comes out, and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus and The Life of Pablo are the albums we still have to cover. Uh, all of those episodes are now going to be available on YouTube, but will continue, of course, to be available uh, through the podcast channels and everything. But it's exciting times for the podcast as we're about to have a new season. Ooh, mama. And talking about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, like, oh gosh, this is like, it's going to be way tougher on my brain than this show has ever been. I know. We just spent like an hour and a half talking about bad news. Uh, <laughs> or no, where it, like nothing yeah. happens. I know. It's like 12 lines <laughs> and then channel crews. So imagine what happens when we get to run away on our 2.0 episodes because we covered run uh we covered my beautiful dark twisted fantasy when we first started the podcast but we're still figuring out the format we're still figuring out like equipments so it's gonna be nice to really get back into it and just man going through dark fantasy itself is going to be a journey Uh, i don't know if i'm ready okay i'm ready (laughs) all right well then let's end this video so we can get on to the next one yeah um, but before we get to that video, we need everyone to stay wavy. Is that okay? Yeah, that's that's fine by me. Uh, okay. As long as while you stay wavy, you keep it loopy. Okay, deal. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me. I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call.